0: I almost cried nine times. I know, the whole time I'm like, Liz,
1: Liz, (laughs) do we need to take a break? Fan people are fan pals. Be our fan pal.
0: Hi, I'm Mel. Hi, I'm Liz. I'm Lauren. Uh, We are fan pals. Welcome back. This is what I'm calling uh, episode two of season two. I think we really? could call this our second season, yeah. right? I, I don't want seasons. a season
2: three. Okay, because <laughs> if we have a season three, something real bad happens.
0: Oh, I see, because there would have been a hiatus in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't We won't do a two-year uh, hiatus in between season two and season three. But I like the idea of podcasts having seasons like television shows. Okay, so uh, that's the only way to do it. Yeah, right? Well, and you know, like, clearly we need breaks because uh we just completely stopped doing things um after <laughs> season one of the podcast
1: <laughs> it was a long season too it was i'm because it was again, a full looking, year right it was 50 episodes that's impressive oh, good God
0: job us i have <laughs> go go team fam pills. Mm. Can you believe we recorded? I can't believe I edited that much fucking, yeah. just hours of us talking. Um. So hopefully you've listened to season two, episode one already, uh, which was hopefully released on the first of February. I just said before we started recording... First episode will go up on February one, unless Harry Styles drops a surprise album. So by the time you listen to this, we should have the answers to both of those questions. <laughs> um, but the first, and I know episode... who Harry Styles is, so I'm, I know, happy. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> before we get into it, a quick recap of what we talked about at the beginning of last uh, last episode is that yes, we took a very long break. Part of it was because of COVID. Part of it was because of other burnout stuff burn burnout is a good way of putting it. Um we are back. We're back sort of casually. We're not gonna like set a schedule of when we're gonna release. Um so you should follow us on Twitter at FanFelds Podcast so you can see or we are now on Spotify. And I think we're still on Apple Podcasts and a couple of other places. So if you subscribe obviously you'll get notifications of when new episodes come out. Um, but to start off the second season We're doing a thing where each of us gets an episode to talk about what the last two years of our lives have been like. Um, So the first episode back, which, again, hopefully you've already listened to, was Lauren giving a very detailed and thorough look at the last two years of her life. This episode is mine. It will not be that thorough because I did not prepare as well as Lauren did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Lauren might have
1: over had anxiety about making sure that she remembered because brain doesn't work so
0: (laughs) Lauren was like I'm not gonna have that much to talk about and then came with a list of excellent things to talk about um so yeah I think
1: that does that wrap everything up the recap so should we get into it okay so return us return us to 2019 c2e2 2019 was
0: pretty normal and then early 2020 it's wild to think back to 2020 and think about how much stuff I did in the like first two and a half months of the year because everybody's like 2020 was the last year and then I have all these like memories
1: pop up and I'm like wait that was in 2020 that was in 2020. But did you so in 2019 everything shut down what because no it shut workout. down in 2020 2020 no oh, jesus christ see this is why i had to write everything down <laughs> yeah it was 2020 yeah, no, I, no, thank I, god I, it was
0: twenty
2: 2019 oh jeez oh. yeah it's so everything was written down Yep. i know it was, it was march 2020 because i never came back from spring break but continue <laughs> so
0: uh you're saying take take us back to the early early so, like, like right the when, beginning
2: right crisis when everything happened.
0: started crisis happened okay so i it, it's march picture this it's march 2020 mm-hmm. still a little cold in the midwest um so no it's we, cold <laughs> it well it's cold here now but it it wasn't that cold then. and i know this because i sat outside before a concert wearing only a cardigan which i know is me so that's not really saying a lot but okay so Uh, it's March. Noah Reed, who, if you don't know him, he plays Patrick on Schitt's Creek, um, had released, had he released an album? I don't remember that part. He was going out, like, well, he already had an album that came out in like 2016. I don't remember if his newer album had already come out at this point or not. So, he... Uh, was going out on his very first tour as a musician. And he had uh, a couple of days in, I think, November of 2019, where he performed in Toronto. And then he had a tour that was, like, sweeping through the U.S. and, like, playing all these small venues. Um, And he played March 10th of 2020 in Chicago. And I had tickets for that show. And then uh, I had this excellent, like, East Coast trip planned where we were going to see him in um, Philadelphia or like just outside of Philadelphia. And then we were going to see him in New York, in Brooklyn at like the knitting factory, I think, or whatever. So we had planned this, like, and it was me and Meg, who people who listen to the podcast have uh, heard before, and then uh, Sapphire Scribe. And we had planned, (gasps) so, like, I was going to fly out on a Saturday, and we were going to see a hockey game, a Flyers game on Sunday, and then we were going to go see Noah Reed in Philadelphia on Sunday night, and then we were going to go into New York, and then I think he was playing in New York on a Tuesday, no, maybe a Wednesday, I don't remember those details exactly, but we had tickets to see um Jagged Little Pill the brand new Broadway show the like Alanis Morissette Broadway show that was just opening so we were like super excited to see the show and then we had tickets to see Noah at um I think it was the knitting factory in Brooklyn and the cool part about that was that there I was in a discord at the time that was um all Schitt's Creek fandom and this was like the first time that I had, I think I talked about this on the show, like had been active in a fandom again for several years, like writing and all that stuff. So I was in this discord and like 16 people from the discord had tickets to Noah's show in Brooklyn. And so we were all going to meet up and it was like the first time I was going to meet a bunch of these people who had been like super good friends. Um, so we had this plan. I was going to fly out on a Saturday. So Noah's show in Chicago is on Tuesday and I think it was like the week before that, that talk about coronavirus had like started.
1: So it was, I feel like it was that you were going to the Chicago one the week, at, like we were in C2E2 that weekend and the, it was the Tuesday after. Yeah. Cause the weekend of C2E2
0: <laughs> was the last, like February 27th, 26th, 27th. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right and so then 10 I days later I just
2: being jealous because you got to see all the people that I love and I was being a responsible adult with my job
0: <laughs> yeah so we did so we did C2E2 in February and it was like right after that that we started like hearing which I know we said this in Lauren's episode but I'm still shocked that like we got away with C2E2 somehow because it's yes. we had heard about anything happening yet, but that didn't mean it wasn't happening. Um, Correct. So there was like a little bit of talk before Noah's show in Chicago of like, God, is this like how bad is this thing? Because we, you know, nobody knew. Um, and we were still like we talked about last time, we were still in that like, oh, it's just like the flu. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Like we we're still kind of in that phase of not knowing what it was about. Um, so we went and like, didn't really think anything of it. And then, and the show was amazing. with such good seats. Um, and then we stage door, um, because a bunch of people, he had done several shows already in the United States and people had stage door and met him. And so we were like, oh, cool. We'll stage door and we'll get to meet him. It'll be so fun. And, uh, we stage door and he came out and he, like, stood a little ways back and he was like, hey, I love you. Thank you for being here. We don't know what's going on. So I don't think it's super smart to be, like, hugging a bunch of strangers. He said it much nicer than that. Um, but basically he said, like, I'm not going to sign autographs. Which was three days later, I think, than his last show mm-hmm. where he had staged doors like, normal. So it was, like, this weird turning point
1: so Um, yeah it's literally because i'm looking up dates and shit because yeah of course you are so literally every (laughs) everything shut down on march 11th so So, literally yeah
0: yeah so saw his show march 10th right which is a tuesday and then wednesday things maybe were shutting down but it wasn't like hitting close enough to home for me to really know that it was like fully shutting down on the 11th and then the 12th, which is the Thursday. And I can remember this so vividly in the morning, like it must've been, I was reading news about things that were shutting down on the 11th and I was like, fuck, I'm supposed to get on an airplane on the 14th and go to the East coast. And so I was like mulling it over. I went to the office Because at the time I was working um, like two hours in in the office in the morning, no four. I was working half days in the office and half days at home, Um, and this was like pretty new. I've only been full. I had only been full time with my current job for like six months, I think, at the time. Um, And so yeah, it was four hours in the office and four hours at home, and then. Uh, So I worked like eight to noon on that Thursday. And then I was supposed to have lunch with my mom and my mom's friend after like in between working at the office and working from home. And so I'm at the office and I'm like reading all this stuff and I'm like panicking a little bit and I'm texting my sister and I'm texting Megan staff and like, we're, we're discussing it and it's like, well, maybe we can go and like not go to the shows and just see people or, you know what I mean? Like maybe we can go Mm -hmm. and just hang out. We're like trying to figure out what level of things you feel safe with. And to give a little bit of backstory, I don't know how much I talk about this um, in past episodes, but my mother lives with me. Um, She has cancer, like active cancer. Um, She's older And the last two times that she's been hospitalized and like near death has has been because of respiratory illness that's turned into pneumonia. So like this being a respiratory illness and that being like the big threat, it was like, can I like morally, ethically, (laughs) responsibly, can I go on this trip and then come home to her? You know what I mean? Like that was a Mm -hmm. big part of the consideration. So uh I ended up not going to lunch because like I picked up my mom and I dropped her off at the restaurant and I was like, I don't think that I can go because I need to like figure this out. And I had like a full mental breakdown the part of I've like, been looking forward to this trip and I was supposed to meet all these brand new people and do all this super fun stuff. And like was still in that mindset of like, oh, I can't believe that I have to not do stuff because this thing is happening. You know what I mean? Um so that Thursday, uh, we got a notification that the hockey game was canceled. We're like, all right, well, there's one domino that fell. We got a notification that Broadway was shutting down. So that was another set of tickets that we had for that trip. And then Noah canceled the rest of his tour. So it's like everything we had tickets for was now canceled. And then a bunch of the people that were going to go to the show was like, yeah, we don't really feel comfortable meeting up, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, canceled the trip so that was march 12th so canceled the trip pick mom up from lunch i'm like i think we have to go into quarantine like i think we have to stop seeing people and so i don't remember if i i think i went to the grocery store that night or something i'm not sure and like bought groceries and then starting friday friday the 13th um we hardcore quarantined so that Sunday I went and I picked up my second monitor from the office. I went on a Sunday cause I figured nobody would be there. Picked up my second monitor from the office so that I could fully work from home. Um, and then we entered into hardcore quarantine and we, we went not terribly long, like without seeing even family because for that whole summer we were doing outside well maybe it wasn't the whole summer I don't know but eventually we got to the point where we were doing masked backyard six feet distanced um stuff with my sister and her kids because not seeing them was probably the hardest part of having to be isolated um and yeah I think I have a video I have a video Of the first time we went over there and um, having being covered in plastic so that I could get a hug. We had like painter's plastic that my brother-in-law had in the garage. um, Because otherwise we had been sitting like we celebrated my nephew's birthday with him. Like my sister has a patio in the backyard and my mom and I would sit on the patio with our masks on. And they would block the patio off with, like, toys, so, like, bikes and stuff. So the kids could not come past that barrier to come close to us. And we we celebrated his birthday that way. We spent a lot of time with that. So we tried to do, like, once a week for about an hour just to, like, see them. And then eventually got to the point where we were like, maybe if we put plastic over us, we can at least get a hug. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So we were, like, hardcore <clears throat> not seeing anybody, um, getting food delivered, getting groceries delivered. If I went to the grocery store, I would go, um, and like stock up once every couple of weeks or whatever so that we didn't have to be outside. But other than that, we like hung out in our little flat.
1: I was going to say, cause you were still in, in the, the other apartment.
0: place. Yeah. So I was living in a duplex. Um, and the what we were really lucky. I mean, we were lucky in our duplex no matter what, because our housemates were the best. I miss them. Um, They were the best. And it was, I can't imagine sharing space with people in that situation and not knowing that they were being safe. Cause like we shared a back hallway Every time I had to do laundry, I was in our shared basement, you know, it was like, and like they're, they're fucking air filtering up in dark. You know what I mean? Like, right. We're sharing air. Um, but one of my housemates is immunocompromised. And so they were like real strict about it too. So our whole house was pretty, but like, I didn't even see that. We would coordinate, like she would text me, Hey, I'm taking the garbage out. I was like, okay, I won't come out in the hallway. And then I'd hear her like Lysol spraying the whole backyard. <laughs> and then anytime we would have anything delivered, I'd be like, hey, I'm coming downstairs and getting food. She'd be like, okay, the Lysol sprays on the stairs. So I'd go out and I'd get food and I'd bring it in. And then I'd Lysol spray this. So we had like our back steps. Um, it was like one step had a giant jug of hand sanitizer, one step had a Think of disinfected mice once they've had a Lysol spray. So it's like anytime any of us walked through that space, we would be like disinfecting it. Um, so yeah, so hardcore quarantined for for a while until your mm-hmm. mom
2: got oh, wow. her vaccine. Yeah. And you didn't get in you didn't get it for a while. You didn't get to jump the line like Lauren mm-hmm. and I did because of our jobs. You had to wait.
0: Yeah. So she got. Which I think is stupid. I understand why they do it. But like I feel like as a person who is living with that person. Like if you have somebody in your house that qualifies for a category. Everybody in the house should qualify for that category. Because why are you having one vaccinated person living with a bunch of unvaccinated people? Yeah, That didn't make sense to me at the time. And then especially like I mean I'm I'm not taking care of her. She's very capable of taking care of herself. But, like, still would qualify as, like, caregiver scenario. And I feel like right. caregivers should qualify with anyway. So she was able to get her vaccine. I should
1: have looked this up ahead of time. It's on my Instagram. December. Because um, that's when they started. Because she was part I, of the first group, wasn't she? I don't know if she got hers
0: until, like, no. February.
2: I think she got hers the same time I got mine. Because we were in the kind of same categories. Because if I remember correctly... Nurses, anybody in the medical field got theirs first. Yeah, I got mine in December, so. Yeah, and I got mine in February because I work with children, Mm -hmm. and so I think, and I remember February. I just, I have the post pulled up right now. (laughs) Yeah, well, the only reason I know that (laughs) is because when I went in, there were a bunch of people who were also in that older category, so we were all kind of because whenever I, we would roll in with a car full of people that were below 65, they'd look at us like, you I know. work with kids.
0: <laughs> I'm in the medical field. I probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so we
2: had to, we even brought our school IDs so that way they could know. Like, we weren't oh, sure good how strict huh. they were going to
0: be. That's what yeah. they required when we did ours. They, ours was, um, well, I don't know how strict it was, like, at the, in the beginning couple of groups. Because I got mine um, with the, like, immunocompromised group, and I went with, like, obesity is my underlying condition, which is, I mean, you can look at me and tell, but also, like, my brother-in-law came along, and he is, by the BMI, technically obese, because as we all know, the BMI is garbage. He's a very fit human being, (laughs) very fit human being. Um, and they did kind of look at him like, really? And he was like, do measure my wrist. The doctor tells me. (laughs) also. So anyway, so there was definitely some, like, you know, they didn't really check for that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, she got vaccinated February 6th, her first dose. And it was like, that was a, a huge relief. Um, my sister and the kids came and stood outside of our house and my sister had the shot, 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 shot song playing oh, on, I her fo- that. on her phone and like made posters and stuff. And they like celebrated as we walked out to the car. Um So yeah, so she got her shot in February and then second dose obviously in March. And then I think me and my sister and my brother-in-law all went to get vaccinated at the same time, and I think it was March, early March, and then April was our second dose. Thanks, thanks, sneaky fingers. <laughs> uh, got our second dose in April, and then we didn't like, um, we didn't really like go all out. You know, we you were didn't start still... like in
2: doorknobs. No,
0: that's never really been an urge that I've had. Thankfully, I, think I killed Lauren.
1: <laughs> I, I said, "You're more of a penny person." I yeah, know.
0: yeah. I just like to suck on money that other people have been touching.
1: Um,
0: no, so like that summer, I definitely did some stuff. Like, I went with a friend a couple of times, to like sit on a patio
1: and have dinner. Um, Can we just say like, though, like the drastic? Like, I went and did things. I sat on a patio compared to I flew to the East Coast. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I stand, I stood shoulder to shoulder with people and slept outside on the ground so that I can get into this hall. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know? Well, and the, the fact that like sitting on a patio feels monumental, it, yeah, it says a lot. Um, yeah. So that the summer of uh, 2021, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. We're like, the, and that's part of why things are so hard right now. Um, right now being January 2022 is that the summer of 2021 felt so hopeful um, that like maybe we would be able to continue to have some semblance of I hate saying the word normalcy because like normal sucked before we should have been striving for something better than normal but some semblance of like not having to be socially isolated um and then I feel like fall slash winter struck that, that went off the window again. And now we're, we're back to, I'm back to uh, not as hardcore isolating. Like my nibblings are coming over for a sleepover today. Um, we've been, you know, we spend a lot of time with them. I uh, I haven't been to a basketball game in January, but I'm planning to go back because now they have a mask mandate in place. That makes me feel a little bit better about going Like I have a concert ticket in February that I'm hoping I get to use because it's been postponed for two years. Um, So it's not as bad in that sense as it was like this time last year. Um, And I do think that it'll feel better when the weather warms up a little bit for us at least. It's just, it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. because well now the kids are fully vaccinated. That was a big deal for a while. Was that like if I had to make a priority list of people that I would want to see with a minimal amount of risk, like making my bubble bigger than just me and my mom and my cat, it would obviously be my sister and her family and I would say my brother um but he's Like he's a single guy that doesn't have to worry about risk as much. So he's like out and about doing stuff. And so that makes him a little bit more dangerous for us to spend time with. But like, obviously, you know, I would go to basketball games with him or whatever. Um, anyway, so we were still trying to like be sort of careful, not only because my mom is still severely at risk, like even being vaccinated, she's still severely at risk, um, but also to make sure that like, if we wanted to see the kids that we weren't exposing them and then they went back to school and then it was like, well, now we're definitely not the biggest danger in their lives. (laughs) It's a very much school. Um, But yeah. So for a while it was that, but anyway, so that was as far as like quarantining and stuff goes. um, I am kind of at the same place that I was a year ago today, but I feel a little bit more hopeful now than I did a year ago today. About like the length of having to do this. Um, But yeah, it's wild how much just based on I extremely privileged to have a job that allows me to be 100% remote. Um, I don't know what I would have done the last couple of years if I didn't have that. Extremely privileged to have it. And to be in an industry where like we had the best year of our business last year mana 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 man. yeah, like wild partially because people were going fucking stir crazy from quarantining were like we need a new house now
1: yeah, you <laughs> did too oh <laughs> yeah so oh,
0: god that's a good segue lauren so uh a few things that uh changed for me during quarantine other than like uh, isolating is i bought a house uh, a Yay. thing I never thought I was going to do. <laughs> I was very content being a forever renter. Um, I don't love the idea of like landlords or whatever. And I think there's a lot of uh, bad stuff that can be said about landlords in that that system. Um, but I was also never a person that was like, you must own a property or your life is not complete. So I was very content to be renting. Um, And then I have shelter. Yeah, exactly. Didn't matter to me. And then and it was cheap. um, But I definitely was getting what I was paying for. And then in like, it was right after quarantine started. um, I think that my landlord emailed and was like, I'm thinking about selling the house. And I was like, cool, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And now you're making me feel insecure about my housing. This like, what a fucking dick, right? And not that selling the house necessarily means that we would have been out of a place to live, but you also don't know that for sure. Because like leases in, I don't know if this is true everywhere else, but in Wisconsin, leases transfer with ownership of the property, but we hadn't signed it. We'd been there 10 years. We hadn't signed a lease in years. So technically we were month to month. Somebody could have bought the house and kicked us out 60 days later. Um, so was not feeling great about that. And then I was like, hey, so this is a dick move to do this right now. And like, unless you're desperate for the money, which he wouldn't have gotten enough money for that place to make it worth selling as opposed to just fucking collecting the rent on it every month because he did zero work on the place. So all he was doing was making money. Um, so I was like, here's the thing this fucking sucks. And how about you wait a year and we'll talk about it next year. And then I said like, cause me and my housemates had talked about buying the house because we hated him so much. So we talked about buying the house and I was like, let me like, give me a year to save up money and look into it. And then come back to me a year from now. And we'll talk about maybe you just sell it to us. And he was like, all right, I can give you a year. I think it was April. So April of 2020. He's like, all right, I'll give you a year. And I was like, cool. So I uh, was saving up money for thinking about doing that. And then in February of 2021, I was like, all right, he's going to come to me in a couple of months. I should figure out if this is even feasible. And another benefit of my job is that I I know how the process works and I'm in contact with lenders constantly. And so I reached out to one and I was like, here's the situation. Can we have a chat and see if we can make this work? And he was like, sure. And we went over everything. And because it's a duplex, the financing is a little more. It's complicated. It's ridiculous. You have to have like six months of proven mortgage payments in a bank account on top of a down payment and all this other stuff. And on top of that, the house is like. Not in great shape. So it wasn't. In my opinion, I'm not like an appraiser for a lender, but in my opinion, it's not financeable. So anyway, so we went through this whole thing and came to the conclusion that I could not buy the house. And then my housemates were like, well, maybe we could chip in, maybe we could put whatever we went through this whole thing. And it got to the point where I had been thinking about leaving the house for so long, which was something that we did not want to do. We loved who we were living with. We loved the spot that we were in. My mom still misses the park that we lived across the street from, like loved the spot. Um, But it got to the point where I had been thinking about leaving for so long that I was, then I was dead set on getting out. So we looked at moving into other apartments and then um, again, a benefit of my job is I can see new listings before everybody else can. So every morning I was looking at, they called the hot sheet, like new stuff that was popping up. And I would show my mom, like, look at this million dollar house on the lake. It totally just move there or whatever. So we were like looking at all this stuff and every now and then one would pop up that I was like, Oh, this is doable. And then this house popped up and it was a Friday morning. And she, I saw the, the front picture and immediately like the picture of the front of the house and immediately fell in love. I call it, I call it her all the time. So immediately fell in love with her and, uh, showed it to my mom and she was like, where is it? And I said, the neighborhood and she was like, do it. Cause she refuses to live somewhere that isn't like city. And so this is like in a busy area and a neighborhood with a lot of businesses. So she was like, do it. So I texted my boss and I was like, "Who is a realtor. I was like, Hey, I think I want to see this house. And she was like, well, do you want to see it? Like, do you want to come along on a showing? And again, this is like February of 2021. So I was like, no, but will you go see it? So she went and did a showing and like had us on FaceTime and she walked in and she was like, this is a Liz house. Like this just gives me Liz vibes. So, wrote an offer that day.
1: Got accepted that day. Closed a month later. <laughs> Bananas. It just, you know, just a nice, slow, smooth process.
2: So cash. This, this story is giving me anxiety because <laughs> I because I remember buying our house and getting those random calls from the people going, "We need your fourth grade report card right now. Or your loan's yeah.
0: not going to go through." Yeah. It. You know, I. It was a uh, a blessing and a curse that I work in the industry because I was my own admin. Like I, so my agent, my boss was my agent and I'm the one that does transactions. So like a contract to close for her. So I did my own contract to close. The person who was selling the house was an agent. I was basically doing his job too. So it was like, I was running the whole transaction and I was working, my lender was a lender that we work with all the time. So we had already established this great, like, you know, yeah. And so we communicated really well. Um, But then I also, like, know how much stuff can go wrong that's out of your control. So, like, if you, (laughs) I was calling it the maybe house for 28 of the 30 days between getting the offer accepted and closing on it, um, because until I had the loan commitment in hand, I was like, I can't even think about this actually being my house. So I was like ignoring it, that it was even happening um, because I know how fucked up appraisals can be. So it was like waiting for all this stuff. Anyway, so it happened. It all went through. It was all great. And then um, I was able to have two months of uh, staying in my apartment and having the house so that Mm. I moved uh, basically entirely by myself over the course of two months. My sister and brother-in-law helped with some of the larger furniture, um, but I was able to because like I was living in my duplex, I was living very much like a college student still, like a very like a broke person. So a lot of hand-me-down furniture that I had hand for, had for a decade, a lot of stuff that I like thrifted or whatever, and nothing that I was really sentimental about as far as like pieces this of is furniture go. with me. Especially because a lot of it was stuff that I acquired with my ex, who I'd gotten that place with. And so it was like any memories attached to it where I'm most suspect right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so sorry. I didn't move. I mean. I know. I didn't move a ton of furniture. Like we, uh, I had a junk company come pick up the couch. So I like basically furnished this place new, which was the best thing I've ever done because then instead of me moving a bunch of furniture it just got delivered to the house and then I had to install it that,
1: that definitely makes a difference
0: yeah it was super nice so i did most of moving myself over a two month period of time and have been here for i think we officially like started sleeping here in uh may of last year
2: yeah i realized that you enjoy the furniture delivery process because you Love. don't have a significant have a significant other that has to help you lift stuff up the stairs and you regret every decision that made you to this moment of having <laughs> to lift a couch up the stairs. And I was, sorry, I may and or may not. this is why have, you live
1: in a one-story house. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, it, my, so I live in something, it's like a duplex sort of, it's, um, but we own our side of the house. Mm-hmm. And. It's all on one floor, but it's the second level. So everything oh. has to come up the stairs. And oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I live in a one if, story. If you couldn't tell, I
2: recently yeah. had to lift a couch up our stairs.
0: <laughs> I had, so my house sits on a hill. Uh, um, yeah so The steps from the sidewalk up to my house are high. And I had, when I had the couch delivered, Um, it did come in two pieces. Well, it came four pieces because the arms are separate, but it came the like main part of the couch was all one and it got delivered like FedEx freight. And so the truck pulled up in the front and, and then the guy got out and he saw me standing there and he was like, I'm going to be doing all the work. (laughs) And I was like, yes, sir, you are. Um, so yeah, so I had to try to help this poor FedEx. Great guy hauled this couch into my house. It was ridiculous. And then it didn't come with instructions. <laughs> my sister and oh, I were Jesus. trying to put it together. <laughs> and she's like Googling the company, and I'm like, it's fine. We'll just we'll stick the bolt in. We had so much. My mom um, ordered a day bed because she, in our old place, she just slept on the couch in the living room which is her preferred method of sleeping, by the way, like getting her into a bedroom. She was like, I'm not going to like this. So she ordered a day bed because it's more like a couch. And it got delivered and the hardware was missing. And then we had to contact my sister, contacted them and was like, we need the hardware. And they were like, okay, well, we'll send you the hardware. Um, But it's stuck behind the boat in the canal.
1: Oh, Jesus. Toot, toot, toot.
0: So while everybody was writing super fun fic about boats, I was waiting for bed hardware to arrive. And then they sent the whole second box of the bed. They didn't only send the hardware. They sent the whole second box. So I have half a day bed in my basement. So I'm like, what do you fucking do with this? I don't have a car big enough to take it to the dump. Facebook.
1: Facebook selling. <laughs> Who needs half a day bed? <laughs> you would be surprised. <laughs> we would use You'll it. You will find cause... somebody.
2: Yeah. And then that's great. Like scrap wood stuff that people yeah. can take and turn into things so if you so I had my, my co-worker list.
0: just had a table um a table delivered and it came with the legs and I was like you want to come up and pick up half a day bed it's upholstered and you could use that as the legs of your table He's like no I think I'm good um so yeah so that's a big thing I did uh throughout the last two years is I bought a house and I'm still putting it together. I, I was lucky in that it didn't, um, it was technically a flip. And I say technically because it wasn't like a pure flip. um I hate pure flips. It was purchased from an estate by a real estate agent who re, I don't even know what, it's not technically restored, I guess. So it's a hundred year old house. She's like an old, I call her the dollhouse. She's an old like German dutch colonial something or the other um anyway so it's got like beautiful woodwork and built-ins and all that stuff and instead of like painting everything that gray that everything has been painted for the last 10 years he like refinished all the heart like restored all of the original wood so that it's like refinished and really nice um but then they did redo the kitchen and the bathroom so it's like half flipped just updated it restored yeah, uh, kind like of update restore. Yeah, so um, so it didn't. There wasn't we- a lot of stuff that needed to be done, which was nice.
2: Well, and you wouldn't really want original bathroom fixtures.
0: Just- so the plumbing is still original, which thanks for leaving me that, everyone. <laughs> um, but like the tile with lead pipes. Well, this whole city is lead pipes. I've been uh, living with lead pipes any- my whole life. We're in the Rust Belt, baby. Oh, I don't know if I no. count, but we are in industrial city. So yeah, lots of lead. Um, but yeah, so I just did a little painting. And then I had like one big project I did concrete done in the front of the house. That was my big, like, major homeowner expenditure so far, knock on wood. Um, I
1: have old mechanicals, so I'm waiting for one of them to go. Um, Can I just say as a therapist, I'm so happy that you don't have to go up those back steps anymore.
0: Oh, thanks. But we, we have a stairwell. Right. But that's not your main
1: entrance, right?
0: Well, no. So the, um, the first thing we did, well, I painted, but the first thing that we did was we installed, um, railings and ADA grab rails to the stairs. Cause it's it's a two story house. It's a very tiny two story house. Um, and the bedrooms and the bathroom are upstairs. And then the downstairs is just living room, dining room, kitchen. Um, so my mom does have to go up and downstairs every day. But we installed good railings, which my old place did not have and railings on have. both sides. <laughs> and then uh, make my rails. therapist heart so happy. Yeah. You should see. Oh my god, you'd be so proud on the inside of the front door. There's a grab rail on the wall there. So, coming up from the porch, there's a railing to grab.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. going up those stairs was terrifying. As
0: somebody who's and able-bodied and twisty <clears throat> and sort of narrow. Yeah. And this is like, because again, a hundred year old house, it's like a nice wide wooden staircase. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, by the way, living in a house with a staircase for some reason makes me feel so fancy like rich people have staircases. <laughs> I don't know why that's in, in my head that's like ugh. Um. So yeah, so that's a big thing. Uh, the other thing, I mean I did a lot of like the normal stuff that people were doing in 14. I was like baking a lot. I never learned how to make sourdough, which is fine. Um, but I did learn how to make a yeasted dough, which is something I'd never done before. So now I'm like the cinnamon roll person, so I have to make cinnamon rolls for people all the time. Um, I just had to bake a batch this morning for the kids because if they have a sleep over here and they don't get cinnamon rolls, it'll be like, what, why are we even here? Um, my
1: what brother-in-law has said,
0: worse. yeah, <laughs> like, why did he come again? Um, my brother-in-law has said that they're better than Cinnabon, which I am very proud of. So I did a lot of that, like normal stuff, but the other big thing that I did, which has been like a lifelong goal Um, literally every year when I would like, write out my roadmap and my passion planner would be like lifetime goals. And I would put learn how to play piano, something I've never done. Uh, two months into quarantine, I was like, I had three or four, maybe five trips for 2020 that got canceled. And so I suddenly had this my like travel budget which is normally a good portion of my income is for, for like conventions and stuff mm-hmm. um suddenly just sitting there with no idea of when i was going to use it again and i was like you know what i think i'm going to buy a piano and so i bought a piano and that sounds dramatic it's not like a grand piano it's not even like an upright actual piano it's a digital piano so it's basically a keyboard but it's the full 88 keys and they're weighted the way that a piano is. So it like feels and sounds like playing a piano, but it's like just a keyboard on a stand that I say, just it's like a hundred pound keyboard on a stand, it's a legitimate piano. So I bought this piano, which was, got delivered to my old apartment. And, uh, I talked to the guy into, cause this is April of 2020. So I'm like talking to him, six feet away with mask on. And I was like, if I go back up the stairs, will you just put it inside that you don't have to carry it upstairs, but will you just bring it inside so that I can close the door and then like have time to strategize without it getting stolen? He was like, yeah, I can do that. So he brought it in at least. And then I had to open the box in the hallway and carry the pieces up the stairs one at a time because I couldn't carry the whole thing up. And then the giant box is like open in the stairwell. And I texted my housemates and was like, hey, I'll take care of that box. Um, I moved it out of the way, but I'm not gonna take it outside yet. So just like, you'll have to deal with it. So anyway, so I bought a piano and then I paid for a year of an app called Simply Piano, which is a app that teaches you sort of how to play piano. And it does it via popular music. So the, every lesson you like learn a popular song and then it moves you through like you know levels of
1: more difficulties
0: yeah um so I started that in April of 2020 and um for at least a year I was doing a half an hour of practice every day which um, that's good I thought was pretty impressive
2: so now I can play it now
0: I'm proud of you.
2: I do you want to know fun fact? I took six years of piano, still can't play.
0: Really? So here's the the point I'm at now is that like I have gotten as good as the app can make me because the app can only teach you so much. And it doesn't really teach you like music. Does it teach you how to read music? Or does it just It's a little I had already known how to read music because I I played instruments in school. Um I played the saxophone in school. So I already knew how to read music. I'm not great at um sight reading. Sight reading. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's not like in the um whatever you call it. If it's a note that's like lower than the staff or higher than the staff, I'd like count the lines up from. So I'm I'm still not great at that. And then I still can't really sight read uh, for the left hand of piano because it goes down. So it's backwards. Bass clef. Yeah. So it's backwards from the upper. So, so this is where I'm at right now if I don't know any of that stuff. I know that my thumb goes on this key when it looks like that on the screen, right? In my head, I'm not thinking I'm playing an A. I'm thinking this is the key I'm hitting with my thumb and I'm not going to get any better at that with the app because it can't, it doesn't go super in depth into that stuff.
2: So Mm. I you need a
0: piano teacher. Yes. So my next step is to actually start taking piano lessons from a person, but I don't want to do it virtually. So I'm going to wait until summer. And for now I'm just going to keep practicing.
1: Mind a school teacher, like a, a music teacher from school.
0: So there's a lady in the neighborhood who is a retired music teacher, um, who does private lessons. And so I was thinking of reaching out to her. And then I have a friend, um, from a long time ago, she's the wife of one of my old managers from the grocery store when I was in high school, who was a music teacher. And she was like, you know, I teach voice and piano. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun if she came over like once in once a week for an hour or whatever. So that's the next step. But like, I'm not bad. <laughs> I You're have better than thing, me. The fun thing about the app is that, like, so there's the part where you learn, there's like the courses where you like it's a lot of repetition and like all that stuff. And then there's another side of it that's all just sheet music and it's a lot of popular songs. And they just recently signed a contract with Disney. So there's like a hundred <sighs> Disney songs you can play. And so that's like all I've been doing. Can we talk about Bruno? <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. So no, <laughs> no, we can't. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was the uh, big, my big like accomplishment of quarantine was learning how to play the piano. Well, I guess buying a house, but I'm more proud of learning how to play. The piano. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thanks.
2: It's a difficult
1: thing.
0: What else? Still doing Mm. school. Hopefully graduating this semester. Yay! Which also feels like a major accomplishment
1: because I don't know. School in a pandemic is hard. Yeah. So that is.
0: Lauren, you had said like your your you know your life didn't have to change much day to day, and Mel will get to you next time about talking about that. But I feel like a lot of your stuff sort of stayed the same too. Um, So I don't know how much you experienced this, but uh, after two years of like isolation, basically Mm -hmm. like only seeing people through screens, um, there's a lot of weird shit that happens in your brain. And so I've had some of the worst fucking focus of my, and I pride myself on being a thorough detail oriented person. It's like my 90% of my job. It, you know what I mean? Like that's it's always been a characteristic of mine that I've been very proud of. I like fucking what? I can't form Squirrel. sentences some days. Like I have to read a text three times to make sure that I finished my thought. Because and I know there's been a lot of like studies about this, but the brain fog shit that we've all been experiencing because of like collective trauma. Continued, and <clears throat> years continued of my cortisol levels. Yeah, so that's been super fun, trying to get through school while I can't read a chapter in a textbook in one sitting. (laughs) So that's been a struggle. Uh, And then dumb me decided not to take uh, my required economics class until my last fucking semester. So that's the class I'm taking right now is economics. My first uh, well, assignment was uh, write a rationale for having an economic system. I was like, if I didn't want to pass this class, my paper would say it, there is none. Fuck you. <laughs> there you go. Um, if you need I, I help with econ,
2: I don't disagree. If you need help with econ though, um, I volunteer my husband as tribute because he'll want to talk to me about economics and my eyes glaze over and I'm like, I don't care. Less okay. Can can we do it in a barter system that involves fabric and uh fabric trims and notions because then I'd pay attention, but until then, yeah, or eyeshadow, I'd be paying an eyeshadow, right?
0: Yeah, (laughs) I know it's like, can I just bake for everybody and then get stuff that I need? That would be awesome. Um, so doing that, um, as far as like Spanish stuff goes, I think the biggest thing that has changed has to do with that focus piece so I could not I couldn't read a book I'm still like struggling to read actual books um where I used to read like 50 some books a year I think I read like six in all of 2020 and maybe three in all of 2021. Um, no, that's not true. 2021 was better. I kept the log. I think it was more like 12. But still, like, that's nowhere near the pace that I used to read at. Because I would sit down to try to read and just, like, the language would go completely out of my head. I couldn't focus. Okay. Um, what are words? What are they, though, really? So just Noises? That was, yeah. That was the big, it just letters scrambled on a page. That was a big change Was not being able to read. I'm trying to get back into it. Um, also sort of extended to fic. I couldn't really focus on fic. I couldn't read a lot of fic.
1: Um, Did you focus on TV? Not new
0: stuff. And that was even with like fic, I could not read something new, but I could go back and read, like I could lay in bed one night and like go back to a bunch of old Teen Wolf stuff that I already knew. Or like I think I reread the same hockey pick like four times last year. <laughs> um that was like you know 30k whatever thick. Um so I could I could focus on old stuff because it doesn't really require a ton of focus. Um, but as far as new stuff goes, I was having the hardest time consuming new media. Most of 2020 I've been really consuming media. And then last year it got a little bit better. I was able to, and then it would like. I would go from no focus to hyper focus and then back to no focus. So I could like watch an entire show all at once. And then I would spend three weeks just rewatching Parks and Rec for the 97th time or the, oh my God, the Great Canadian Baking Show. I could probably reenact every episode of the two seasons Dan Levy hosts of the Great Canadian Baking Show um, because I rewatched it so frequently. So yeah, it was a lot of like comfort stuff uh but not a lot of new i have recently gotten into new stuff which i would like to save for future a later date yeah um but i did fall into some fandoms that i had been like trying to avoid for a while (laughs) or like couldn't get into so um to give like a quick idea uh the show 911 which is a big, like, Tumblr fandom, I would see a ton of it on my Tumblr dash and would be like, oh, yeah, I could see myself being into this shit. Um, And then uh, more and more more people that I knew were, like, falling into it and getting into it. And I tried to watch, last year, I tried to watch the first episode, and I think I got 15 minutes into the pilot and was like, I can't, It's not grabbing me. Um, and then I told a friend about it and they were like, Oh, you got to get through the pilot. It's just, it's up from some bad pilot issues. And I was like, okay. So I tried again. And I think I got about a half an hour into it. I was like, the level of emergency and like anxiety that that caused me is not worth whatever else is going on. So I stopped again. And then just like a couple months ago, Jess, um, who has been on the podcast? I was talking to her, and she was like, um, "I need you to watch this thing." And I was like, "Oh man, I tried. I can't do it." And she was like, "Just try again." And so I watched the. I was like, "I'll just power through the pilot. Power through the pilot while I was working." And then a week later, had finished five seasons, and have not stopped rewatching it since, and do nothing but refit for it. So we'll have to talk about that at some point. Yeah. And then the biggest fandom thing, and we're going to end on this because I think this is a good place to end, is uh, Supernatural ended. And you haven't talked about that. And I haven't talked about that. <laughs> um, I have talked about it with individual people. We did go to a convention in December um, that had been planned for April of 2020. And gotten rescheduled a couple of times. And we did end up going in December. And it was like right when Omicron was starting to hit. So, And we were in fucking Tennessee. I'm shocked that none of us came away with fucking Omicron. Um, But we did go to the convention. And so we got a little bit of like exposure to conversation about it there. And I've talked about it with a couple of people. But I haven't had like a larger scale conversation about it. So I do want to do an episode at some point. Uh, that's like a round table about it. And I said to Lauren earlier, I was like, you and Mel don't have to come if you don't want. And Lauren was like, we should maybe be there just to regulate your
1: emotions. (laughs) Okay, ladies, it's time to wipe your faces clean. Let's move on. Take a deep breath. Move on to the next topic.
0: Um, yeah, but that was a weird, so I don't know like how much you know or how much we've talked in between while not recording about how it ended, but they had to shut down production for COVID when they only had two episodes of the show left to film. So they were like I six months I think on hiatus with like these last two episodes. Like Dick, can you imagine being in that situation where like you've You've made the call to end this 15 year chunk of your life. Like that's a huge amount of time that you spent on this project. You've made the decision to end it. You've like come to peace with the decision. You're getting close to the end and then they delay it for six months. Like you can't actually finish it for six months. That had to drive them nuts. Um, But yeah, so we, we didn't get, it wasn't like us as viewers were waiting six months for two episodes. They did the smart thing and they like cut the season airing at a certain point did so a that we would have season finale kind of thing. Yeah, sort of. So we had, I think, like five or six episodes that aired um, after hiatus. So it was like a little bit easier for us to digest, but it still felt like this very awful, like edging situation. <laughs> when we talk about uh, fun it, you're
2: going to have have to explain to me why and I know his name is not Dean in the show. That's the other one. But why the one who played Dean in Gilmore Girls was such a big baby on Twitter. You'll Weird. have to explain that. I mean, it's
0: easy to explain who was drunk. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Jensen just did, a did podcast, uh, did, just did a podcast and he was talking to the host who knows them both really well. And was like, it was such a stupid thing. It was like, I should have told him ahead of time, but I was filming a different show. And so I was like on set a lot and I didn't think about it. And then all of a sudden the announcement was out there and I was like, ah, fuck. And then Jared was like out with buddies and had a few too many. And like the news popped up and he was getting text messages. And he just like a ding dong went on Twitter and like had a bunch of feelings. And then Jensen like called him and was like, dude. Would just call me. We could have a conversation, and then they got over it like immediately. And then all of Twitter was like, "Oh my god, all this stuff is happening!" And meanwhile, the two people actually involved with it were like, "We're over it. It's already over.
1: Like, y'all are still talking about it.
0: We've moved on." Um. Yeah. He's just—he's a big dope. Bless his heart. He's just drunk. No, oh,
2: there you go. He's—he's he's kind of a dum dum.
0: He's very
2: much a, a ding dong, emotion-driven person he's like
0: a puppy he's a puppy he maybe not a puppy maybe he's a slightly older so he's incredibly intelligent he's very book smart and like eloquent and lovely and at the same time such dope and he doesn't really know yeah he like doesn't really know how to he doesn't have a filter he doesn't have a filter. That makes sense. says stuff all the time. Well, I knew it was bad when it
2: came up on my Twitter feed that stuff was happening. And I'm like, oh.
0: So we no. have a joke. I say we, uh, like I actually participate. But the fandom at large has a joke that we're currently in season 16 of Supernatural. And it's never ending. And it's wilder than anything the show ever did in 15 seasons. <laughs> I will- I'll hold on to most of this until we can talk about it with other people um, that, like, watch but, yeah. the show.
2: But there's We'll like- be mediators. We'll be Should mediators. This- Lauren and I will be lead mediators. Yeah. And I will keep all my Sam Winchester the biggest <laughs> baby in the entire world and needs to grow up stuff to myself Good. so uh, Meg doesn't, you know, reach through the screen and strangle me.
0: Well, also, you have to think about how much growing up he did after he stopped watching.
2: I made it five seasons. Yes, I know that's only yeah. a third through the show, but exactly. five
0: seasons. <laughs> you did a lot of growing up in that ten years. Trust me. Um, All right. But. So yeah, so that was a big part of the fanish experience for me in the last two years. Was the end of that show and processing that, writing my first pick for that fandom. Which like, how did it take so long? Um, what else? I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Anything I didn't cover?
2: It's been about an
0: hour. That's
2: good. Yeah, you're good. I think um Yeah, we all kind of it's it's interesting to see different people's perspective because while well, Lauren's job really didn't change mm-hmm. except for, and then I'll get into how mine changed. It's interesting to see someone who had to isolate so intensively mm-hmm. for, and I don't want to say that people who isolated intensively didn't have reason, but like people who will come at you like oh well why did you isolate and you're like my mom and then you explain the situation they don't really have anything to say to that because they're like oh, oh well uh. yeah
0: and you're like that's what she was <laughs> supposed to do like I what, know what- that there's people that think including my mother who think that I've been overly cautious um mm-hmm. better overly cautious than dead that's what yeah I
2: um, I mean, just as a, not to bring the whole thing down, but we recently just had two deaths uh, in our lives that were COVID-related mm-hmm. complications. Yeah, we and had so, one like, last night. Not yeah, like
0: directly, so, you know, I didn't really know this person, but like an old coworker of
2: my mom's. Yeah, yeah, and like it's 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 kind of intense. And so when you have people out there who, with large platforms, I'm looking at you, boss say things (laughs) and just you're like shut up you can have those opinions but you gotta understand that your words have meaning and like well and also that
0: like your experience is your experience and this isn't a situation where you can just make a decision for yourself and it doesn't affect anybody else it's like right I, I appreciate people who want to make their own choices and all of that other stuff. But like, this isn't a situation where you're That's appropriate. You're not in a vacuum, yeah. right? Like, your choice yeah. is affecting other people pretty severely. Well, and,
2: yeah. Well, and actually, Liz, I, when I would be out and about and like, I still wear a mask, I've been wearing a mask since the whole thing began. I actually just made 20 more masks to give away because, you know,
0: hooray! yeah. Well, and I, I think I said a- this last time, like, I don't know why. I want to be breathing in other people's goop anyway. (laughs) Face raw.
1: raw, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. It's It's so interesting yeah, Raw dog in other people's faces. Nothing. It's so (laughs) interesting though because you don't realize how good your brain is at doing things until like you can't see people's faces. And so I've, you know, you meet a ton of people, at least in my job, I meet a ton of people, um, new people, and my brain just completes their face. And then if I see them without their mask, I'm like, who the fuck is that yeah like yeah no it's it's definitely i've
0: gotten really good at identifying people by this part i'm i'm holding my like bangs. this part of their head Mm. because like sometimes you can't even see people's like eyes or eyebrows because they're wearing glasses or whatever like i know that my eyes aren't always easy to see so i have to get really good at like identifying their foreheads or their hair right (laughs) well you would hate me because i
2: yeah right I for um, because I do crossing guard in the morning because I do everything. Um, I have a visor on, sunglasses on, and a mask. So I think half these kids have never it's seen completely
1: my Completely unidentifiable. <laughs> I Which actually works Small out. town, and want to avoid people. Like this is the best thing. I don't have to acknowledge people. Like it's also kind of oh. big, right? because like I like it's that instinct to say hi to everybody or yeah. smile at people. Mm-hmm. The I still, urge. I, to, yeah. yeah, I still definitely smile at wrong everybody. wrong with you guys? They have no idea. I, I know people come and like such terrible in the instincts. car, and you just wave at people as you drive yeah. by. Like, do you do that, Liz? Like you yeah. just wave at people who? are, And I've been in a car before, and they've been like, "Do you know them?" no you know why, what's funny though we-
0: is like so I live in the city and I don't do it when I'm like driving around here but if mm-hmm. I get out into the suburbs it like kicks in without me thinking about it so, like if I'm driving through my sister's neighborhood and somebody's walking their dog I'll like do the thing but if I'm driving around my neighborhood and somebody's walking a dog and I drive past I don't live with them <laughs> I would if you I was walking past them, but not driving past, but in my sister's You guys were the people in
2: college because everybody was smiling all the time. And I was like, Who, why is everybody smiling yeah, at me? I want to just start punching people in Big the nose. Stop smiling at me, yeah. you
0: weirdos. <laughs> what no, I
2: that's...
0: what I have enjoyed about the mask situation, other than not raw dogging other people's faces, is... um. <sighs> <laughs> so welcome for that phrase. Uh, is it has it has broken down some of my previously held i don't know if you call it like insecurities or even like standards but you know pre preconceived notions yeah maybe like things that had been like uh conditioning it's broken mm-hmm. some of my conditioning whereas like pre-panorama I would not have been able to go to the grocery store if my if I had bedhead or I was wearing a sports bra that wasn't completely supportive. Um and like I still don't like going out in leggings or whatever, but I'm also one of those people that doesn't hate jeans or hard pants. Um, but like I now I'll go out, I'll just like throw a hoodie on over my sports bra and I'll go out because I'm wearing a mask. So even though I know and people they can recognize me, my hair is purple. Like people will know me if they see me in the store. It still feels like, I don't know, it's a weird thing. So it's broken a lot of the conditioning of like my hair has to be right. or my makeup has to be done. Or I have to be wearing a certain thing to be like it's out people in public. People who
1: are still doing their makeup and then covering their whole entire face with a mask that that crack me the fuck up.
2: People that wear like, lipstick. No, I mean, I miss lipstick, but I only do makeup from here up. And I really, it's only here because I have a, I have a visor and you don't see my lips or anything. Mm -hmm. So I think for a little bit after we got vaccinated and there weren't a lot of people when we would go to like church and stuff church events or something I would not wear my mask but they were outdoors and so we were far away mm-hmm. and then I would do a full face and I'm like oh I miss blush I miss lipstick but not enough to not like you know right
0: not enough to put it on to go to the fucking grocery store It's too much I work have, uh-uh. I have rolled in
2: <laughs> but yeah no any yeah it's just it's interesting to have that perspective because I I I don't know like people try to play it down or say it's not a big deal for certain things and I'm like but really it kind of is because mm, you know I don't know it's just it's sometimes it's good to have a different people's perspective because if I only had my perspective Mm -hmm. I'd be like oh well you know yeah well and
0: I think that's true of anything right like you don't want to only have your perspective and so i we've think we've seen why a lot important. of that in the last two years especially of like get outside your fucking bubble and figure yeah. out what people are doing outside of your bubble don't only be absorbing think the about, thoughts and opinions think of about others think exactly
2: oh, the right way that you do well And then that even goes for like fandom stuff, because you know how sometimes someone will decide something in fandom that are like, okay, well, I've decided that this thing in fandom is problematic because of Mm -hmm. this, this and this. And so now it becomes problematic. But if you're not in that little niche part of the fandom, all of a sudden you say or you say you like something and then you are labeled as something else because you weren't privy to the discords that's been going on. But at the same time there are alternate views and just because someone has decided one thing doesn't necessarily mean mm, that it's you know,
0: true. <laughs> right? It's, it's and then, true for them but it's not true for everybody who is in that space.
2: Well, and and it could be and sometimes people kind of reach with stuff and you're just going to slightly like... <laughs> But no.
0: Speaking of topics we'll cover when we talk about supernatural. <laughs> right well i I,
2: I, this is and it was years ago and then we can end but the one thing i think of was i remember this um person on tumblr was going off about how much she hated that star trek the original series was heralded as like feminism because they would put the girls in
0: i'm so glad you said star trek because i've been meaning to talk to you about a tiktok thing we need to do that when you're done with
2: this Go. Oh, okay yes about with the short skirts that they were wearing in the male gaze and we're like okay but no do you have to understand the history of a mini skirt and you have to understand the history of like fashion that goes into it and why it was such a radical thing that they were wearing that but still being treated as an equal and so like it was do you know what I mean like so mm-hmm. sometimes you you have to know those things. But talk to me about Star Trek TikTok. I'm I'm all ears cuz you know okay, I don't TikTok.
0: So this is this is also a thing that's happened in the last years is I've gotten super into TikTok. My sister has always been an early adopter of like video platforms and so she was into TikTok and she was sending me TikToks and I was like I refuse. I'm too old. I don't want to get into this and then like 6 months later you caved. Was, Sh- shut your face, Lauren. <laughs>
1: I definitely oh, can an I am a TikTok addict, too, so you are fine. No.
0: I know.
2: You guys both send me TikTok things, and I'm like, oh, do I know? Can I open these around my children? And no. I'm like, mm. it is. Yeah, see? I just wait uh, until no, they're in I don't,
1: I'm not sure. I try to keep mine, but I'm also, Liz, are you this person? Like, I've curated my For You yeah. page. Yeah. So if somebody sends me one, I copy the link and open it in a browser versus my tiktok app oh i don't do that but i
0: make sure to fully close the app before the video is completely done playing because like if you don't watch it all the way through it does and you don't like scroll from it it doesn't affect your algorithm the same way
1: so somehow my my algorithm has totally fucked itself in the last two weeks i think it did a a really i keep getting ads again oh And I'm just like, what happened to I I mean, perfectly curated for me. Yeah. And now it's just like high school. Every now and then I think bondage and bread, Lauren, bondage and bread. I
0: think they switch up the algorithm every now and then. And then everybody's FYP gets a little messed up for a little bit.
1: I want I went off the ride of high school boys and cats.
0: Yeah, well, I get a lot of cat content, but that's on purpose. But yeah, high school boys, girls. Um yeah, somebody said the other day they're like, anytime somebody sends me a TikTok, I judge them based on what comes up on their For You page. <laughs> so true. Um, so, anyway, so I got super into TikTok. So, there's been a series that I've been seeing on my For You page lately that uh, is a non binary lesbian talking about how Chris Pine dresses like a non binary lesbian. I've <laughs> seen that one. Have you seen them? It's so yeah. good. So, they'll be like, um, Pink well, shorts, this, cowboy hats, and shirts. This, like, have you? This is the exact outfit that my kids' bus driver sees me in three days a week, and then they'll move their head. And it's crisp Pine in like tight black pants and Birkenstocks, and like, it's so good. Anyway, I need to send some email because I think it really. I
2: will watch that, and then I would ruin Lily and Steph's day with them because. Yes. Ooh, okay, we also have to do a, uh, a podcast. Sorry, people, about Star or uh, Speed of Man no way home because i have feelings about spider-man
0: okay i haven't seen the
2: new one yet so oh my gosh you got to see the new one okay i will
0: i haven't watched eternals yet and like i said i was gonna watch it the day it came out so that i could see the harry styles and credit scene on the tv and then i didn't do it so i need to get on top of that so before lauren
1: spider-man is a marvel hero Who has? Know, know that? <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know, I He's know. Been around all
0: forever. <laughs> she knows yeah,
1: I, I yet. know about that stuff. <laughs> I just um, had to do I just it. Don't. She
2: was sitting there like, yeah. I
1: hate both no. of you. <laughs> and so we can return to my normal position, which I prefer, especially after re-listening to podcasts. I will just sit here and chime in very little.
0: <laughs> no, we like it when you talk. Um, all right. I think that's it. Uh, that's a pretty good recap of my, I'm sure I missed a ton of shit, but
1: I um, didn't have the, a list.
0: I did not. That was not as well-prepared as Lauren was. Um, well, yeah, I'm sure as we record more with people, more stuff. we going to go from the
2: most prepared to the middle of the road
0: prepared to the most chaotic of us all. <laughs> yeah. Next episode will be Mel where we have 97 tangents and mm-hmm. maybe a complete picture of the last two years maybe
2: i think that actually is a complete picture of the last two years
0: (laughs) that's a a really good point um okay so we have one more episode where we only talk about us and then we want to start talking to other people um so we would love to have you on the podcast you can talk about it's up to you whatever you want to talk about if you've gotten into a new thing if you haven't whatever you want to talk about we'd love to have you uh, so you should follow us on Twitter at Fampales Podcast. You can email us at at Uh Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if we're not on the thing that you listen to, tell me, because I apparently I have to like do that. It doesn't just magically show up. What the fuck? What the fuck? 2022? <laughs> like you don't just make content it appears places. I don't understand. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Lauren's going through her checklist in her head. Yeah, I think that's everything. <laughs> Yay, I, I was like, it. she's
2: concentrating really hard. And that's yes, like not something I'm to. <laughs> All right, we
0: will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.